Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. Another frustrating, unbelievable fourth quarter collapse. A loss that should not have happened. And I'm going to talk about it right now on this Monday Locked On Celtics. No, let's go. back with the vengeance. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This is the truth like 34. It's like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. Crowd goes crazy, most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings, focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my siege jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. Whatever it is that you're doing, wherever you're going right now, I appreciate you taking this show along with you. Hopefully, it brightens up your day a little bit. I know it's going to be a little tough after a 120-115 loss where the Celtics were just, they had it and they lost it. That fourth quarter was an abomination. I'm John Corrales. I host this show on a Monday through Friday basis. So if you're new to the show, you're going to get Monday through Friday podcast there for you in the morning so you can take it along with you. I covered the, the, the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. My free content is over. So my piece that I wrote after the game, this game here uh, is the last free piece that you're going to get. The rest you got to subscribe. So use the promo code Corrales. You're going to get five bucks off your Annual subscription, it's like three bucks a month, not even. So please do that. Also, if you wouldn't mind, you want to go get my book, The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, now available wherever you can buy books. So again, Celtics lose 120-115 in overtime in New Orleans in a game where they led by as many as 24 points. So I'll just kind of go through the game in the first segment. I normally do good, bad, and then a big storyline. But in the third segment today, I'm going to talk to Jake Madison of Locked On Pelicans. Jake and I do the Wednesday Locked On NBA. So if you're a regular listener there, uh, Jake and I have become good friends. And why not talk? Uh, On a night that I would have been talking to him anyway, had I been able to go to New Orleans like I wanted to, but unfortunately can't because of circumstances. But Jake and I will talk about this game in the third segment. In the second segment, Jalen Brown said something And I kind of want to, he gave us a second no comment. For the second time in about a week, we got no commented on a question that doesn't feel like it should be a no comment. So it, it raises my curiosity, suspicion. That's going to be in the second segment. First segment here, let's just talk about this game. Because in the first half, I thought these guys looked phenomenal. They came out. Jalen Brown, he didn't shoot well, but an 11 point, five assists, four rebound first quarter. We had uh, Robert Williams coming into the game, catching alley oops, blocking shot, rebounding. Uh, even though New Orleans came out hot, the Celtics came back. They did a phenomenal job defending. They dug, they, they stole the ball, they had live ball turnovers. They answered New Orleans early on 
with a run of their own, and they just kept on pushing. Anytime someone from the Pelicans got into the lane, the Celtics were doing a good job of digging, knocking the ball loose, getting out in transition. They started the second quarter on a 16-6 to run. They had, at one point, 11 points off of six, uh, six turnovers. And this was at the 8.07 mark. At the 8.07 mark, they had 11 points off of six Pelicans turnovers. The Celtics did a good job. They forced 13 turnovers, but they got 21 points off of those turnovers. So 13 turnovers, not, not bad. It's not great, but it's not bad. But 21 points off of those turnovers is, is really good. And the Celtics were out there getting those points in transition, but they couldn't capitalize it on it later on in the game. Um, in the first half, Zion, four points on one of five shooting. Kemba was taking charges. Jason Tatum was decisive. The first half of this game, when we talk about, like, in this segment, I talk about the good. The first half of this game was just beautiful. That second quarter was maybe the best basketball we've seen the Celtics play. And Tatum, especially, 15 points in the second quarter. Tatum ended up with 32. So about half of his points came in that second quarter. And... He was decisive, get the ball, go, attack, get to the line. You know, no jab stepping, no turnaround, pause, wait, see what the defense is doing, what can I do, blah, blah, blah. No, he got the ball, he made a move, and he went. And that was just the best I've seen Tatum play in a long time just because of the style of play. He's had hot stretches before, but that style of play was just awesome. So, and I thought also Brown in that quarter had a a drive that was patient. It was precise. He just set guys up and he almost, it was almost like a basketball plinko (laughs) that came from Price's right. Where you see the little the, the disc bouncing around those pegs, he kind of sort of plinkoed his way from I think it was like the left wing to the right side of for a layup. It was just it was it was beautiful to watch. And then the second half happened. So I'm doing the good and the bad kind of in the same same boat here. Second half. Third quarter was kind of like a blah back and forth. Until the end, I was watching that third quarter. I'm like, okay, the Celtics are just kind of casually adding to their lead. Yeah, they're up by two in the third quarter. They're up four. They're adding four points. They're adding six points. Oh, okay. New Orleans makes a little bit of a run. It's back down to even. And I really thought that third quarter was going to end up even. New Orleans makes a run at the end, which I didn't realize was foreshadowing. At the time, so okay, that 16-point lead got cut down to 13. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. Now, the Celtics have not had great fourth quarters, but it the entire t- 
tone of this game, the energy of this game, it didn't tell me that the fourth quarter was going to be what it was. But man, that fourth quarter. And part of what I wrote, and I wrote this on the Boston Sports Journal, the headline is immensely frustrating Celtics struggling to find their maturity. The the Celtics were unable to deal with the blitzing, double-teaming. First half of this game, the Pelicans are playing a drop coverage. They're sending that big way down. The Celtics are able to attack it, drive, kick, get good looks from three. Now, the Celtics didn't didn't, um, hit many threes. There were 10 of 37. A lot of those were just misses. In the first half, against that coverage, that pick-and-roll coverage, they were aggressive. This kind of goes back to the Atlanta game. The um, the Celtics were criticized for not trapping Trey Young. And what did the Pelicans do? They trapped every pick-and-roll, and a lot of them with Jason Tatum. They trapped, they blitzed, they did everything they could. But here's the thing. The Celtics should want that. The Celtics should love that. The Celtics should invite any time they want to double the pick-and-roll handler, go ahead, because they can play four-on-three. Like, whenever Tatum draws two guys, fine. Give it up quickly, play four-on-three, for like four seconds, see if you can get a, a rotation going, dump it off. Do that two, three times, the blitzing stops. I highlighted in this piece, slip the screen. They did it once, maybe a second time, sort of like they missed the layup. Okay, they missed the layup the first time they did it. Second time didn't really result in anything. Keep, keep doing it. If they're going to keep blitzing, Slip the screen. Make it so they can't blitz. It's a simple read. And now here comes the question of, is this Brad Stevens? Is it the players? Well, Tristan Thompson's a smart enough player. Like, how you don't slip the screen all the time, or not, I mean, you can't do anything all the time, but how you don't slip the screen regularly and give Tatum an option to pass out of. Or, now what is Brad's, I think, something he could do, change, change what you're doing. Okay, they're blitzing, they're blitzing the, the screener, uh, the ball handler. So maybe you don't run pick and roll all the time. Let's switch it up. Let's do dribble handoffs. Let's set the pick with somebody else. Let's, why not, I've been calling for this. I, I, don't, I don't know why. Why not send Jalen Brown to set that pick? If Jalen Brown is picking for Jason Tatum in that situation, are they really going to blitz Jason Tatum? Are you really going to leave Jalen Brown? You're going to double off of Jalen Brown in that situation. Really? Because it feels like, He's going to get the pass very quickly and turn and attack 
And it's going to be a bad ending to what, whatever you were hoping for. And that's a question. Like people question Brad Stevens and all that stuff. And I, I fall on the, like 90% of the time it's the players. Like Tristan Thompson should be slipping screens. They, they should be reading the Celtics offense is a read and react offense. The first thing is scripted and maybe a couple of things are scripted, but after that, the Celtics are supposed to read. How are they playing this? They're blitzing. We do this. Are they, they hedging here? We do this. They dropping. We do this. That should be part of the plan. And every player should be good enough to read and react. That's how this offense works. And when somebody reacts, everybody reacts to that reaction and you go. And it makes it unpredictable and it puts all of the power in the hands of the players. And that's fine. They should be able to do this. However, they're not practicing enough. They're not tight enough on this stuff. Fine. So what should Brad Stevens do? Does he hold everybody's hand and say, okay, guys, now you do this. Now you do that. I don't think you got to hold everybody's hand every moment of these games. These are professional players. Even though they're young, you still have to let them. They're, they're the guys. You win and lose in the NBA based on the talent. But at the same time, Brad Stevens could do things. First of all, he could have gotten Robert Williams in sooner than the four-minute mark in the fourth quarter. It was very obvious that he was working. It was very obvious that they couldn't defend him. It was also very obvious that there was no drop-off defensively. New Orleans was attacking. You probably needed somebody who could make some really ridiculous plays like he could. Should have gone to him at the seven-minute mark, not the four-minute mark. Okay? That is a legit... That's Brad Stevens. I think Brad could have done the, let's change up the offense. Guys, let's run dribble handoffs. Let's run a, you know, a horn set where Kemba's at the, at the elbow. Let's, let's run something where Tatum is catching the ball off of some other actions. A dribble handoff, like I said. All of that stuff. Like, you can do different things. I thought they got stagnant in the pick and roll. Now, why did they do that? Is it because Brad screwed up? Maybe. Is it because Brad was like, we have to figure out how to do this, so keep doing the pick and roll. Let them keep blitzing you because we should be destroying this, so keep doing it until you learn how to destroy it. That's certainly possible too. And you might say, well, that cost us a win. Well, yeah, maybe. But also at the same time, they should have figured it out. And they did figure it out a little bit later. It just took them a lot longer to figure it out. I'm not saying that the Brad Stevens stuff is there. There's, there's certainly things like, okay, the timeout maybe should have come a, a, a half minute to a minute sooner. We can argue that. Sure. But I still believe that a majority of this does fall on the players because the players are out there. They're the ones that get paid $30 million a year. And they're the ones that you rely on. They're, ha- they're going to have to figure it out. So it's not college, it's not high school. You're not, you can't tell them, hey, guys, you got to make six passes on this before you can do something. That's college stuff. That's crap in the NBA. You go out there, you run this play, you run your couple of actions, and then you go. But 
Jalen Brown had some interesting comments in regards to this. And it just, how do they say, raised my hackles. It's an old saying. You've probably never heard that before. But it got me, it got me kind of curious, just wondering. I'm going to talk about that next. Bet online is your fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. I can tell you, bet against the Celtics in the fourth quarter. Okay, the Celtics' net rating in these uh, in the first in the second quarter of games. This is what was interesting. In the second quarter of games, they have the fourth best second fourth best net rating, eleven point six plus eleven point six. Fourth quarter minus seven point eight, second worst in the NBA. They're both end of half. But in the second quarter, they're like one of the best. In the fourth quarter, they're one of the worst. How is that possible? Bet against the Celtics in fourth quarters. You can do that on Bet Online. You can bet on basically anything. A lot of in-game betting on the NBA. Uh, you don't want to bet on sports. You want to do something different. A reality show, TV show, awards. You can do that. Updated props and odds and everything on, on Bet Online. They've also got you covered for all of the news, scores, odds. It's really the best and easiest place to place your bets and it's easy and free to sign up just go to betonline.ag use the promo code locked on you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus whatever you deposit 50% of that gets added to your your uh, account as a welcome bonus from the good folks at betonline your online sportsbook experts please gamble responsibly Be sure to follow our social channels, LO Celtics on Twitter and Locked On Celtics on Instagram. Monday's a great day to tune into the Locked On Today podcast because you might have missed a bunch of stuff that happened in sports over the weekend. There's a lot going on in sports, and Peter Bukowski of Locked On Today has you covered with all of the biggest stories and analysis from our local experts, and it's all under 20 minutes. So subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. After the game, Jalen Brown, again, was asked about the team's passing. The team, uh, like a couple of weeks, no, it was like a week ago, the Washington Wizards game. He was asked, hey, why doesn't the ball move? You know, sometimes. And he said, no comment. I'm like, why are you no commenting that? Okay. So just file it away. He no commented that. In this one, he was asked, hey, after you know the first action breaks down, it seems like you guys don't know what to do. Why is that? Again, he said, no comment. Huh. No comment. So two versions of why doesn't the ball move and he doesn't want to comment. Why is that? Why does Jalen Brown not want to comment? Well, that doesn't make any sense. And then he was asked, hey, is walking the ball up part of why you guys, you know, aren't like the, the pace, the speed, like walking the ball up the floor, does that kind of hurt you guys? He says, yeah, I think so. We play better when we play faster rather than being slow and just running the same action. Okay, running the same action. But when we play fast, it's hard to predict what we're doing. In the second half, we didn't play fast. The ball didn't move as much, and it makes it easier for teams to guard us. We've got to get up and down the floor. That is correct. That is correct. And then, finally, he said, he was asked, how much of this is mental? And he says, 
Uh, I think we played exceptionally well for a large part of the time. We, we've just got to mature and grow up. We were really moving and getting guys involved. I liked Rob's play today. I think Rob played extremely well, which he did. And just to get other guys involved, that's one of the things I've been trying to do to look to get other guys involved. I think that's better for our team, but definitely we've got to come out, find ways to win. We dropped the ball tonight. So let's weave a little path through here. No comment after why, basically why the ball wasn't moving. And then asked, you know, if walking was the problem, he says, we're better when we play faster than being slow and just running the same action. And then he says, we've got to mature and grow up. We need, um, one of the things I've been trying to do is get other guys involved. I think that's better for our team. So you don't have to read very hard between the lines to say Jalen Brown doesn't want to say anything horrible about the ball not moving, but he's also saying when we slow it down and we do the same thing over and over again, it sucks. And other guys got to move the ball because I'm moving the ball. So there is frustration from Jalen Brown. He's very obviously frustrated. He's very obviously upset about the ball not moving. And I'm not saying that he doesn't have a point. He does. But here's here's the thought now. What 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 comes of this? What comes of this? This is frustration, okay? From a guy who is going to be an all-star. Like Jalen Brown is an automatic I think all-star this year. And if you don't think so, then that's a mistake on your part because Jalen Brown is, is he could be an all NBA player, but Jalen Brown had, you know, he shot seven of 23, but he, he got what four shots in the fourth quarter. I just wonder if he is, getting tired of standing in a corner in the fourth quarter because what was the offense through most of it? Either Tatum initiating and getting a pick and roll, Kemba initiating or getting a pick and roll. And so I'll bring Brad back into this. Brad does have to figure this out. This is going to be on Brad Stevens to figure out because Brad loves big picture things. And one of the big picture things here is you got to make sure Jalen Brown is involved. And I don't know if it's through film session or what. I'm sure because of the early game, these guys have already flown into Dallas. They're going to be in their hotels. Everybody's going to get a good night's sleep. They're going to wake up tomorrow and Monday and have a either film session or a mini practice, um, a light practice, a walkthrough, something where they can get some, I don't know, they, they've got to tighten some things up. Is that going to be where they look at film and say, hey, let's get Jalen up involved in some of this stuff. Let's get Jalen involved either as the ball handler, 
I keep saying the pick setter. Have him set picks. Get him involved in those because eventually he'll get the ball and then he'll make the pass. But he just wants the touch. More importantly, the Celtics have an opportunity here to kind of deal with a player's frustration. It's very obvious that he's frustrated. It's important that they address it. And I'm not going to say like him being frustrated is a, is a bad thing. It's obviously not a good thing. You know, I mean, I guess you could say it's a good thing because he wants to be more of a part of this, but everybody's frustrated right now. Like the whole team is probably sitting there saying like, come on, man, what the hell? But I think Jalen, I think this is something that Brad, the team need to touch on and, and work out before it grows into something else. This is kind of, an, as I wrote on Boston Sports Journal, this isn't necessarily a crossroads for this team. I'm not going to go that dramatic. It's also, you know, the crossroads is up the road a little bit, kind of see it coming, and you just don't want to get there without knowing how you're going to handle that. You don't want to get there and be like, God, we've got tough choices to make. You want to kind of approach it, go through it, and, and just keep, keep on driving. And so this could be a, a, a thing where frustrations are starting to boil over. It's very obvious that Jalen is upset. What happens from that? What happens next? How do the Celtics change what they're doing? How do the Celtics deal with this to make sure everybody is happy and moving forward? That's the question. Up next, Jake Madison of Lockdown Pelicans gives us the Pelicans perspective. So stick around for that. Grab a built bar. It's going to be a great listen. Grab a snack if you're listening in the morning. It could be a kind of a breakfast replacement. They're good for that. If you're working out, it's great after a workout. A ton of delicious flavors. They keep sending me so they, they have the crispy ones, crispy bars, which are just a nice kind of different texture to it. But they're all very similar in that low calorie, great taste, high protein, low sugar, uh, high fiber. So if you're on like a keto diet, one of those keto diets, you can have one of these. If you've got a nut allergy, plenty of options for you. It doesn't matter. Tons of different flavors for different discerning tastes. It's all on BuiltBar.com. I keep telling you, you can use the promo code LOCKEDON as often as you want. So if you want to go get something small, a sampler or something, and try it, use that promo code LOCKEDON, try it. Then go back and figure out how much money you want to spend. Go get a box or two. If you like one flavor and you're like, oh my God, I want to stock up, buy however many you want. Each time you use the promo code Locked On, you're going to get 20% off. So use it every week if you want, every day if you want, once a year if you want. It doesn't matter. Locked On is going to get you 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Celtics wherever you get podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Locked On NBA Mondays. You're going to join Josh Lloyd, host of 
Locked On Fantasy Basketball, which is like one of our top shows. He's going to take you around the NBA for all of the big headlines with help uh, from our local experts. So subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcast. One of the Locked On NBA hosts on that Monday show is Jake Madison. Jake and I host Wednesday Locked On NBAs because we have the rotating hosts. And so Jake and I decided, hey, our teams are together. If we were in New Orleans together, like we should have been in normal circumstances, we would have had like an in-person crossover podcast, but instead we got together. So here's a quick conversation with Jake Madison of Locked On Pelicans. All right, Jake. Jake is my uh, Wednesday Locked On NBA partner, and normally we need to find ways to shoehorn our teams into... We do a good job of that. The NBA side of it. Uh, Subscribe to Locked on NBA, by the way. But today we're actually talking about our teams playing each other. Let me just start with this. I am incredibly pissed off that I was not in New Orleans this weekend. (laughs) This Sunday afternoon game is the absolute perfect New Orleans game. It's the dream, right? I love the matinee game. You get in on Saturday. You party like crazy on sa- on Saturday night. You sleep in till noon, get a hangover brunch, and then you go to the game in time to be recovered. And at, you know, 1 p.m., Brad Stevens talks. Like, it's all just perfect. It's so we, we I mean, you did this last year. It was around, it was in January last year, actually, because I remember this very clearly. We went out the night before. Yeah, We weren't up too, too late, but that was like one of those nights where you just go strong in like the few hours that you're actually out. Exactly. And like you do, it's it's more of like a short period, but you, it's a sprint is what we did. And then we all ended up wrecked the next day. Then the next day was the the Kobe stuff. Yes. That you last, re- last year was such a disaster. Like, so I, that was my hotel keeping me up all night. I had like two hours of sleep that night. Because the alarm was going off all night. And then I woke up Ooh. to Kobe Bryant news and I slept walked through that entire game because I was like in such shock. That was of, one of the of weirdest ex- experiences I've ever been through. Um, and it, 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 like, there's stuff that I'm not going to go into this on here, but there, yeah, it's just like that's something I have a very vivid memory of because of that. And the night before was so much damn fun. And then every time you've come into New Orleans, we have a re- really good time. Yes, yes. And so, so the 2.30 matinee game is is like, you're right. On a Sunday, it's perfect. It's perfect. Um, however, the Celtics have not exactly been perfect in these matinees. Yeah, that in fact, was, they haven't, the, the, they haven't the won one yet. was not perfect for the Celtics. Uh, but it looked like they were going to win one. So all of the talk right now is fourth quarter collapse. The Celtics, after, after this, I was mentioning it earlier, they now have the second worst fourth quarter net rating in the league ahead of just Cleveland, which makes no sense for a team that's that otherwise can be so good. Uh, what, what did you see in that fourth quarter? You're, you're sitting there watching the Pelicans come back. What did you see the Celtics doing? Yeah, so they panicked, right? Like I think that's the big thing. Like I, I've seen this with New Orleans so many times. It's kind of like when the other team punches you and you just don't have a response and don't know what to do, and you kind of panic in that moment. And New Orleans switched up the defensive coverage. You know, they'd been playing drop coverage all game, giving people tons of space to kind of do what you want. And you saw some really aggressive and strong moves from both Tatum and Brown, I thought, going to the rim. I forget which one of the two had that dirty Euro step for the score. Um 
in there. I think it was in the first half. That was and Brown. yeah, it was it was awesome. And they had a couple of that where like it was just so easy for them to slice and go to the basket. And then New Orleans switched that and just started double teaming, particularly Tatum, to just get the ball out of his hands and force other people to try and beat him and kind of just disorient. The Celtics, I thought, and it worked. They were disoriented. They seemed to have no answer to that. And it's kind of one of those things of you just don't have a response. And when that happens, yeah, you're going to blow. It was a 13-point lead for Boston going into the fourth. That's how that's going to go then when you just have zero response. New Orleans started getting a little bit more aggressive too, really living off of those turnovers. They had they had missed a lot of shots, I thought, in the first half that they normally convert and thought the score could have been closer. And it was maybe one of those nights. But it's like a variance thing, right? Sometimes it just starts to even out and you started to get some of that in the second half combined with good defense. And yeah, there you go. Yeah, the, the points in the paint, 54 points in the paint for the Pelicans. The whole thing changed when they were able to go north-south for me. Like mm-hmm. they, When they were attacking the rim, uh, there was one where Josh Hart just he was good barreling down the right side and Tatum fouled him. And it was like a very kind of aggressive attack that would just – like Tatum had no shot. And Tatum is generally good at challenging those things. Hart came in at a hundred miles an hour and yeah. And Hart was good. Like Hart, he, he Hart, does that. He's that energy guy off the bench, right? Like I, I think at one point the Pelicans need to consider starting him just so that they can play with some effort on defense. Cause it's kind of contagious with that guy. And he has these moments where he comes in and he said after the game, you know, he goes, I want to play like a junkyard dog. And when you have a dude that's going all out there, particularly a bench guy and you're a starter and he closes with the starters right now, like if you don't match that level, you look so bad on film the next day and in that moment that I think they try and avoid that and actually have to match that energy level for him. And I, then I thought the the unbelievably weak ejection on JJ Redick kind of sparked <laughs> New Orleans too. And sometimes those things are just needed, you know, to kind of like mix the mojo up in some way. That was actually a big deal. That was actually a big deal. First of all, because the Celtics could no longer attack Redick, um, and I thought that. That mm-hmm. took away an option for them, and it did. I thought it, it kind of like fired them up, like it galvanized. It got it got the crowd together. And look, here's another thing: you actually had a crowd. There's about twenty two hundred people. I was in there with a beer in my hand too. That's great. That's in. <laughs> that's, and I wrote this on Boston Sports Journal. Having a crowd makes a little bit of a difference, even a small crowd. Because those 2,000 people are still chanting in unison. That whole refs, you suck. That's not piped yeah. in. That was them. <laughs> and- no, that was. That, there is some piped in crowd noise. And it is, it's weird when you're in there in the moment. But yes, you're right. There were, the, 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 fans, the fans impact it. So when you've got a run going, having the fans and actually being able to look up and see fans, like there's just a little extra juice there that... I think we've learned in this year's NBA when you can when you can perform in front of fans it gives you a little something extra and so when they made that run you combine everything the Celtics you know soiling themselves uh New Orleans being aggressive and being that young team that's like you know what I got another run in me the crowd feeding that that whole frenzy I think that's a recipe for a comeback where the Celtics screwed up is that they never managed to get themselves good, clean, 
attacks like New Orleans did to get to the rim, get a three-point play, slow down the momentum. Look, it, it probably plays into like the, the three-point line too, right? Particularly for Boston, who didn't shoot well in that. You had Kemba kind of just being off, and maybe he's working his way back into it somewhat, I think. But what, shooting 10? I'm pulling it up right now. One 10 of, of 37, 20, yeah, 27% is not going to do you wonders either. You know, no. like one more made three swings this game significantly, and sometimes it can be as simple as make or miss. And Kemba really struggled in the fourth quarter in overtime, I think. He might have only taken one shot. The NBA stats site right now is screwing up for me, and it's brutal. Oh, me too. Can I tell you how much that no, I hate bothered it. me on top it, of everything? Like they've changed it, and it sucks. And like if you if you do sports media, NBA media, it's like the most important. That and basketball dash reference are the two most important things. But uh, B-ball ref doesn't have box scores, particularly that you can sort by quarter. So I'm, I've got it up here, and I'm trying to find the fourth quarter numbers. I just can't get them. And it I sucks. can't get any of the fourth quarter numbers. Can I tell you? That screwed me up so much. Like I've been trying to, it took me an extra 45 minutes to file my stories just because Kemba was one of four in the fourth. Yeah. In he had over time. He was over three. He, yeah, he had some looks. He had, he had some good looks too. Yeah, he did. He had some good looks. Every, everyone has good open three point looks against new Orleans right now. And normally right. you make you normally you make them. Uh, unfortunately tonight, it just wasn't the case. Like sometimes it's like, let's not overthink this a little bit too much. Right. Like, one more made three, which isn't that much to ask for, given what their shooting percentage was. You know, it's not like they shot 50% and you're asking for one more three. At that point, it's like, okay. But here, you know, it's kind of, you know, they, they had a chance to win this. New Orleans really played poorly for the first three quarters and then just turned it on at the right time. You know, we could use every cliche, make or miss league, game of runs. Like, you kind of had that all in here. Yeah. I thought the Celtics did a great job early on on Zion. It's, it kind of sucks. Yeah. Because that first half, I thought they were so good. They were so good in that first half. And it was some of their best basketball. And then they turn around and play some of their worst basketball. And it's just wild to see the whole thing just kind of collapse like that. It's just, I, I love hearing the other person's, the other team's perspective on that because you, when you said it's like right down the middle. Like you can see, like, geez, these Celtics are. What are they doing? Like, yeah, I'll take it. On what my, are they doing on my show? So we should we should clarify. I don't think your audience has heard the down the middle part of. Oh, it. you said that on your show. I felt like you just said that we recorded. Yeah, <laughs> here's how the sausage is made. Right. That's right. So okay, so people should go listen to the uh, Lockdown Pelicans because I did the Lockdown Pelicans bit. You know. Little right, home and home. So action. I was trying to no. The discussion part of that is I was trying to figure out like you know you have a blame pie after the game, right? Like who has the biggest part of the blame pie? Was it the fact that New Orleans just played really well in the fourth quarter, or was it that the Celtics really struggled? And like, did New Orleans do anything that impressively during that time? You know, like who's more to blame or the cause for that? And this is kind of one of those ones where it wasn't like Boston just completely melted down and new Orleans wasn't playing well and new Orleans did throw a counter in there with the defense. So when you look at this, it's kind of like, yeah, you know, everything kind of went right for this to kind of end up how it did. And again, it went to overtime, right? It was about as close as you could possibly have it till probably the second half of that overtime period where Boston just, you guys couldn't make shots at that point. And, you know, you had a couple of clutch things and new Orleans made their free throws, which helps. So, all of that just kind of leads to this being one of those games that that's why I don't like to overthink something like this when it's like actually that close and competitive down to the very end. 
Yeah, that. But that's part of the problem in Boston right now. We we've been overthinking things a lot. It's been <laughs> uh, we've been thinking and overthinking and rethinking and then overthinking that. Um, so we'll just leave it at that. Jake, there you go. Appreciate you coming on, my man. I guess I'm going to talk to you in a couple days. Yeah, I'll see you in like 48 hours there. <laughs> Thanks to Jake. Thanks to you for listening. Hopefully you've enjoyed this uh, podcast enough to subscribe. Again, go check out my work at bostonsportsjournal.com. The Monday stuff has is now free, but beyond that, you're going to have to get a subscription. You can use the promo code Corrales, my name, to get uh, five bucks off the annual subscription. That gets it down to about a little less than three bucks a month, which I think will be worth it for not just my Celtics coverage, but all Boston sports coverage. Regular listeners to the show, I hope you enjoyed enough to give a five-star rating and a good written review. That's very much appreciated. And I hope you share the podcast. Tell your friends that they should be listening to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Celtics the number one Boston Celtics podcast on the planet.